Hello, you are listening to the Batfans podcast brought to you by the BatmanUniverse.net. Enjoy the show. I wonder if that Army Howard guy is going to play Batman. Well, thank you for sneezing. <laughs> my my dog is in here. <laughs> You're giving him your oh, turn. Thank you for, thank you for <laughs> sneezing again. I'll just say that again. <laughs> I wonder if that Army Hammer guy is going to play... <laughs> That was a loud one. You know what? You better not sneeze again. Anyways, um, I wonder if that army hammer guy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's <crazy>. right. What's up, everybody? You're listening to the Batman Universe Batfans Podcast. This is episode number seven. My name is Tim. I'm going to be your host for this episode. And joining me, as always, is Dane. What's up, Dane? Hey, Tim. Can you believe it? <laughs> Can you believe we're this close? No, I mean, after four years or whatever, five days away, but, man, it's so long. Like, this past week and the week before that has just been so, so long. And it's going to get even worse when... All of us go back to work on Monday or, or <laughs> yeah. back to school because, I mean, that's the only thing that's going to be on our minds is, you know, this movie. And we're going to have to ju- drudge through all the regular working day stuff. Uh, the unimportant un- stuff, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's very unpleasant. Yeah. Is, are you even going to be able to sleep the Wednesday before? The Thursday is that joke. <laughs> all you're going to be thinking about is tomorrow's the day. Tomorrow's the day. <laughs> I know, but it's it, it. At least it's close. It's, at least it's not, you know, uh, next month or two months from now or next year. We're finally going to get to see it. I know. Whatever. I mean, it's been a long four years since The Dark Knight, but it really just seems like last year when we got the trailer and they were starting to film really just flew by kind of this whole year when you think yeah, of it. Yeah, it kind of did. It seemed like maybe last two months ago we were talking about the teaser trailer that came out. And, yeah, that's right. But, but like, the closer we get, the longer our way it feels. <laughs> like you said, it's going to be a long five days. It's going to be a long week. <laughs> yep. uh, I, just, I don't know. I, I just don't want to go through it. I just want to go into a coma for the next five days. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And you're still doing pretty good with spoilers as far as keeping away and not finding out the things you don't want to find out? I have dropped everything. I haven't really looked at anything related to The Dark Knight Rises. I haven't really um, read anything. So I'm pretty much blacked out on everything since last week, Wednesday. What about you? No, I haven't gone blackout mode yet. I'm still There's still some sites that I check in maybe certain forms, but... I'm kind of careful of where I go now, just because I don't want to be spoiled on the ending. That's the big thing. i got to remain strong for the next five days is don't find out the ending, because I believe it's out there. Or it has to be for people who've seen it, and I'm sure there's some forums that have it spoiled, 
where you can just go and find out if you want to, but that's the one thing I promise myself I will not find out. <laughs> this will be the first time out of all these Batman movies where I won't know what happened at the ending. Wouldn't that be the worst, though? It's like you're, you're just, you know, going through a forum or whatever, and you click on a link, and it just says, Batman dies. <laughs> oh. Well, the thing is now, since we're so close, there's really not too much news or new information that's probably going to come out. What's, what I'm basically interested in for the next few days is just the reviews that come in from, like, these official media sites or magazines, stuff like that. So... Pretty much I'll just go maybe to like a non-spoiler form or section that just has like review information where you can go see the different reviews from the different critics. That's pretty much all I'm going to be looking at this past week. Or this upcoming week, actually. Which I'm sure all the reviews are going to be awesome. <laughs> yeah, but still. Yeah, you still got to be careful. <laughs> I'm just Yeah, I'm just thinking there's going to be one little piece of information that's going to just spoil me. So I think it's better for me if I if I just... Stop looking at anything Dark Knight Rises from now on until I see the movie. Uh, that's definitely the smart thing to do, but <laughs> I just don't think I can. <laughs> like, I need my daily Batman fix. <laughs> but that would be the worst uh, thing. If you're at the theater and you're sitting by someone who has been spoiled and he blabs it out <laughs> and you accidentally uh, hear it while you're waiting, like, oh, man. <laughs> that would be the absolute worst you think of that also, that Simpsons episode where seeing Empire Strikes Back for the first time and Homer walks out the line that's waiting and he just blurts out, wow, I can't believe Darth Vader is Luke Skywalker's father. <laughs> everyone starts yelling. <laughs> Classic. That's what you need to do, though. Like, when you're walking out. Yeah, for the people at the 3 a.m. showing. Yeah, the 3 a.m. showing. You'd be like, oh, man, that sucks. Batman dies and Gotham gets destroyed. The world Bane wins. <laughs> <laughs> that really sucks. <laughs> Uh, I probably wouldn't make it out alive. <laughs> but yeah, since um, there's really not too much Dark Knight Rises news that's come out. I mean, they've had the first screening last week, and then Nolan had uh, his hands uh, and feet printed in the, on Hollywood Boulevard. Cemented that's out like there. the weirdest thing, yeah. though. Don't uh, you think? That's a, it's cool, though. <laughs> I mean, it tells you your... Uh, it's, I think it's a great like respect that they're showing for him. Which is cool for they're doing that because of his accomplishment on let's, not his other films, but for the just the Batman movies, which I think is cool. Yeah, but um, so did you see they released that thirteen-minute featurette. Yeah, on do Gotham City. Yeah, on that same day, which is cool. That was like kind of like the last big day, I guess, for new stuff coming out for Dark Knight Rises because we had yeah because they had like the press junkets that day. Some interviews came out, and then that cool featurette that to put on, I think it was on that Saturday afternoon or Saturday evening, and it was just really cool. I mean, I don't remember them doing that at all for The Dark Knight or even Batman Begins, but... It yeah, it seems like we're getting a lot more behind-the-scenes stuff Yeah, with, with this movie. Which hopefully means we'll get a pretty good uh, Blu-ray special features disc, unlike Dark Knight. That had pretty much nothing. <laughs> no, what was disappointing about that disc was that they just took some specials that they aired on TV like a week before The Dark Knight Rises came out, it was like the science yeah. of Batman's gadgets or the psychology of Batman, stuff like that, stuff we've seen already, so it was kind of disappointing. The thing that I thought was really cool, it's, it's nothing really big, it's a small thing, but it's something we haven't seen before, is that we see Bruce and Alfred in the Batcave looking at a computer monitor. He's in his Batsuit, but he doesn't have his cowl on, which I think is the first time we've ever seen him like that. Besides, in Batman Begins, he takes off the cowl, but you just see the back of his head. 
can never see the front of kind of what he looks like in the suit without the cowl on, which I thought looked pretty cool. And then the other thing I thought was from a movie-making standpoint was just how they showed scenes how they were filming the prologue scene with the plane and all of Bane's mercenaries making their way onto the plane. Just how they're doing it the old-school way where you would think nowadays most people would just do that whole scene with the CG effects, but you saw Christopher Nolan directing it from a separate helicopter and the, the scene <laughs> of the plane. It was just, like, really impressive to see how, like, they're going the old-school way of making this big special effects scene. Yeah, and... The plane that gets turned on its side or whatever, it looks like they just put it on a helicopter or something, right? Yeah. But another thing that um, I found out about how the movie's actually going to begin, which I didn't think was going to be the case, was Chris Nolan actually says the movie starts off with it's eight years, and then Bruce Wayne hasn't been Batman, and he's kind of reclusive, where he hasn't even been in public as Bruce Wayne. And little shots in the trailer where we see he has that beard, he has that cane in his role, we kind of look... He's really looking scruffy and old. Yeah, he's become a recluse, yeah, it looks like. I didn't think that was actually going to be how Bruce Wayne was in the beginning of the movie. I thought that might be later on after he was beaten by Bane and he makes his way back, but apparently I was wrong. Yeah. Yeah, that's the way I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be like, you know, the beginning of the movie takes place, I don't know, five months after The Dark Knight mm-hmm. or whatever. And... um you know, he Batman was going to encounter Bane. Bane was going to, quote-unquote, break the bat. And then it would flash four to eight years. But I don't know. I mean, I, I don't know how that's going to work out. I know. This makes it more... Are, are they going to show it, you know, as flashbacks? Yeah, kind of like Batman Begins. It just kind of makes you wonder... Yeah. Makes me wonder, anyway, as far as... That's how the movie starts out. He's like that. What made him use... Has to use a cane now. Why is he using that cane? Because I always thought it was going to be because of Bane. But apparently that's not the case now. Maybe, um, man, Tim, you just had to bring that to the surface again, did you? <laughs> it's going to drive me mad for the next week. It's another thing to uh, keep your mind occupied as you wait for it to come out. <laughs> you are driving me mad. I know it's not you directly, but still. <laughs> That's what makes it so, Marcus Nolan movie so great, because when you think you figured out something else going to play out, it's... Not the case at all. Like it's totally opposite. <laughs> yeah, no. And um, did you read any of these early reviews? Um, just kind of because I don't think it's really been like a long thorough review of the movie yet. Just kind of people's reactions, like what they posted on Twitter, and then some forums that were there's people who've seen it, giving their overall impressions. I've read some of those without being spoiled on anything, but it's, reading those just makes. We want to see it even more now because they're saying it's amazing, better than The Dark Knight, or met my expectations. It's just like I haven't heard one bad thing about it yet, which just makes it like, uh, hurry up and get here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and apparently the ending is really good. So That's what I hear too, yeah. It says the ending's great, and then but they're not saying what it is, thankfully. So I know. <laughs> just, thankfully, yeah. yeah. So everything that we can get out of those reviews... I mean, that I've read, I don't know if you can bring anything new to it, is that, of course, we know that Selena Kyle isn't going to be referenced as Catwoman in the movie. And that John Blake... Oh, no, wait. We should say spoilers before, before yeah, we get into it. Catwoman is a big spoiler, but probably maybe for the John Blake. Yeah. Thing. It's spoiler warning. Yeah, so spoiler, spoiler, spoiler. If you don't want to be spoiled... big spoiler, but... 
still, <laughs> you don't want to know anything about characters, I would suggest skip the small part. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Um, so, John Blake, sounds like he's just John Blake and nothing else. He's not Azrael, he's not Dick, Dick Grayson. He's not, you know, going to take over the call at the end of the movie. And the jury's still out on Miranda Tate. Um, the the uh, the reviews have been really vague as to who or what she is. So I'm still. Is there anything else? For me, I'm still 99.9 percent sure she's going to be Talia. Uh, maybe they won't. Maybe <laughs> she won't be referred to as Talia. Maybe she'll just say like she's Rachel Gould's daughter or something. But everyone will know yeah. what that means. As for John Blake, I I, kept, I read too that. He's integral to the overall story, like plot of the movie. So I think there's going to be more to him than just a good cop. I think there's something else that hasn't been revealed about him yet, which I'm still curious to see how it plays out in the movie. But uh, probably what I agree that he's not going to be like Azrael or Dick Grace or anything like that. Maybe he'll like he'll get that feel of maybe he's Batman's partner in some scenes because there's that uh, new TV spot that came out, which is really great, probably my favorite one, where you see Bruce Wayne at the doctor's office telling him he has no cartilage in his knees. And he, but then you see shots of him like punching all these bad guys. And then John Blake says, you miss one, and he just kicks the guy on the floor. So maybe they'll be working together, kind of, maybe like a Batman and Robin type thing, where you'll get that vibe, but it won't actually be, you know, he's where he's Robin. That's kind of what I'm guessing. Yeah, I, I'm thinking it's it's going to be more like a Commissioner Gordon-Batman relationship. It's not going to be like... You know, John Blake's right there at Batman's side, <laughs> watching Batman's back. It's going to be more like he's going to use his skills, you know, which is, you know, gathering police officers or whatever. But then another to help Batman. thing that uh, in one of the clips, in, I think it was on uh, one of Anne Hathaway's TV appearance. I forget which one. Because she was, she's been making the rounds lately this week. But they showed the clip of her where uh, she'd be interrogated by John Blake. And at the very end, he says, uh, when I grabbed you, I was looking for a friend of mine, Bruce Wayne. So it kind of, I guess, establishes that he's friends with Bruce more than he is with Batman, or he knows he is Batman, or something to that regard, because he does refer to him as a friend. So just another thing for you to think uh, about. <laughs> yeah, and, and you mentioned the, um, the Anne Hathaway TV appearances. What's up with the short hair? As for a new movie she's doing, where yeah. she has to cut her hair for the movie. Oh, that's not a Catwoman or Selena Kyle thing. No, <laughs> obviously not. But she does have short hair, though. Like, like Most of the comics and in the when they did the revamp of the yeah, animated exactly. series, she had short hair. Yeah. But she looks but, better long, with long hair, so it's fine. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, Boy haircut. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, did you see? Uh, there's that TV spot I mentioned, but there is another one where I can't. Like, I, there's been so many that've been released. They had like that special Mountain Dew, like mini trailer, and these new TV spots. But then there was one I can't find anymore. <laughs> I just forget where I saw that. But there's a shot. You see that shot of Bruce Wayne screaming? It looks like he's in that prison cell. But this time you actually hear him like yell out no, like really loud. Before before it was just you didn't hear no, no 
part of his voice in the previous clips. And this yeah. makes me wonder, like, what can make him scream? Because it was a pretty loud scream, or like a like painful scream, where it's, like they're either doing something to somebody that he knows. That's the vibe I got about that. They're either killing somebody, yeah. or hurting somebody close to him. It just makes again another thing for you to think about. <laughs> if he's captured there, is anyone else <laughs> captured with him? Like, is Alfred Did he Lucius the beard? Yeah, it's like in all those yeah. shots where he's doing push-ups in the cell. That's, that's kind of how he looks. Yeah, I think I've seen that one. But like you said, there's been there have been so many. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I, one is... I think it's like ten, ten TV spots. Maybe even more. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I don't think I've seen one on TV. I've been seeing them more lately now. I've seen a lot on sports networks like MLB Network, ESPN. I see a lot on those. Yeah, I haven't seen any. Oh, no, wait. I, I've seen one um, late night on Adult Swim. Okay. Yeah, I've seen it pretty regular. But I've always seen the same one. That's the thing. There's so many out there, but I always see the same one. It's one that's the one that has the word uh, rise. You see a few clips, and you see one letter of the word rise pop up on the screen. That's the one I always keep seeing. Have you seen the, the Dark Nut Rises? The what? The Dark Nut Rises. Dark Nut Rises? No. Yeah, it's a TV spot for the new Ice Age movie. <laughs> no, I don't do that at all. It, it's, um, if you've seen the Ice Age movies, it's that raccoon-looking thing. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. That one is, yeah, that, <laughs> I've seen that short where he goes looking for a nut that's underwater. Every time yeah. for a few movies this year, they always show it. Yeah, yeah, it's called The Dark Nut Rises. <laughs> it looks, it actually looks better than that Ice Age movie. I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> the title just then again, funny. Then again, you, you don't really have to try that hard to be better than that, those Ice Age movies. But <laughs> Ray Romano as a Willie as an elephant or whatever those things are. Mastodon, Willie Mann is one of those. <laughs> Queen Latifah. That's an all-star cast. <laughs> Dennis Leary. You know what? I think we're going to see that instead of Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> I hope they have a midnight showing for that, even though I think it comes out this week. <laughs> this is really th- uh, who cares? So that time spent on Ice Age. <laughs> We're the only people talking about Ice Age on a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> a bad, bad podcast too. <laughs> oh, Dustin is so happy that he, he took us on. <laughs> Never expected some Ice Age coverage, did you? <laughs> or Tim Robin conversation, or or Kevin Costner. <laughs> we just we're just that engrossed in pop culture, movie pop culture that you never know what you're gonna get. <laughs> oh, but anyways, so uh, back to what everyone really cares about. <laughs> so, uh, so since we're so close now, I guess we. I want to hear kind of what your, like, final thoughts of the movie before you actually see it. Like, what's your overall impressions of what you've seen so far? You got any, like, your expectations or any wild predictions that you think is going to happen? I mean, I, I know it's going to sound generic, but I'm just looking to be wild. And yeah. I, I, I'm sure Christopher Nolan is going to do that. But I'm just looking to be wild, like, in the sense that I've never seen that before in movies or um, much less a, a superhero movie because I mean, I expect more than a superhero movie. Yep. But I'm I'm almost 
I am 100% sure that it's going to be more than that. For me, kind of like you, I'm expecting it to be great. Uh, I mean, we kind of, I don't know if it might be a bad thing, but I'm pretty sure we probably built this up in our minds to be something that's going to blow us away and phenomenal. I try to keep that expectation to check because you, you just never know with anything until you see it. But like you, I'm just, I think it's going to be great. I don't know if it's going to be better than Dark Knight yet. We'll see. But if I had to say I'm worried about anything, it just might be how the ending plays out. It just because from what you heard, you hear people say it's great, but at the same time you said it'll it'll be a much talked about ending after you see it. So we'll find out if it's going to be something yeah. that works. It's, I mean, Even it's controversial. Yeah. But the thing so. is, from some of the posts I've read of people who've seen it, they haven't said that the ending's bad or like, oh, it was good up until the ending. Everyone says the ending's great and it, just, it works perfectly with the overall trilogy. So that's a good sign. But we'll just have to wait and see for, I guess, each Batman fan's personal opinion on it. Yeah, and I can't wait to see a Batman trilogy. Yeah. Especially when, you know, going back uh, 20 years or so, when we got um, Batman Returns. And it kind of ended the way The Dark Knight ended, where, you know, Batman is kind of, uh, you know, not looking so good in the public size, right? Yeah, I'm trying to think. It's been a while since I was like, did they ever clear his name? <laughs> when no, I, thought, I don't. That Ice Princess? I, I mean, don't he, think he did. He exposed uh, Penguin that he was just playing the city from there, but I don't know if they ever said he that Batman was cleared from killing that Ice Queen or whatever. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I don't think he did. But um, yeah, I just can't wait to see, you know, the continuation of that story, and. Just the same trilogy, yeah. As a Batman trilogy, especially you know coming off of the the X Men movies, where you know number one was okay, two was alright. Oh, really? Two? I thought was great. Really? Yeah, I thought it was way better than the first one. And then three was you know. Yeah, that was (laughs) bad. Crap. Same thing with the Spider Man movies. The first two were were good. Yeah. And then the third one was. I think that might be my least favorite, or the worst third movie in a trilogy, I think, Spider-Man 3. Just because I had high expectations, but I think it turned out terrible. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I, I just can't wait to see a, a good superhero trilogy, even though it's way more than just a superhero movie. I mean, going back to, like you said, with the other Batman movies, this will be the first time where You've had the same actor play Batman for all three movies, and the first time the same director will be taking care of three Batman movies. So, just yeah, and has that going for it, which looks like it's going to be a good sign for how good the movie's going to be in the overall trilogy. Yeah, not to mention that you know all the th- all three movies are great. Yeah. Well, I, I'm not speaking too early on The Dark Knight Rises, but... I think it's safe you know, to say. <laughs> I think it's safe to say. It's going to be awesome. That's but, the thing. I kind of think for sure we're going to see a great movie, but as a Batman fan, the only thing that you may have to worry about is just what you think of the ending. Yeah, but to be honest, I'm not really that worried about the ending. Yeah. I mean, unless it's something like, uh, you know, something just unbelievable or something just outright stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, Batman was, or Bruce Wayne is a woman. 
know, in disguise or something like that. I don't know. I, I just, I just can't see what would offend me or make me not like the movie. Yeah. So I mean, what could it possibly be? I mean, or or for you, Tim, what would make it so that you would be like, I don't like that ending. I don't like that movie. Well, just right off the bat, I'll say I, I would be probably a little disappointed if he ends up dying. But at the same time, if he makes it work really well in the story and the way he goes out, that can kind of turn me around where I say, okay, I may be a little disappointed with it, but it fit perfectly with the overall story. But if he dies and the way he dies is really stupid, like he flies off and like, the bat, you just see it blow up in the background or something. <laughs> and that's it. So that would be something that would be really disappointing for me. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing too. I mean, I mean, I don't know. I I don't know where this rumor came from, but I I don't think Batman's gonna die. Yeah, I'm just gonna ask you, what's your gut opinion right now? Like, the the only way I can see it is that if for some reason, and this is totally impossible, but if for some reason uh, Batman fakes his own death. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, becomes a myth and a legend again. You know, he's not, I, I mean, I, I don't know how to explain it. it, it it's kind of like the beginning of the New 52, where in Gotham he was, he was, you know, a myth and a legend. Nobody knew that he actually existed, but people have seen him, kind of like uh, Sasquatch. Uh-huh. <laughs> you know what? But, it just came to me. I know how it's going to end. It's, it's all going to be a dream. Oh. In the beginning of Batman Begins, where you see him in the jail cell, he was actually dreaming the whole thing. So at the end of the movie, it's going to cut back to that scene, and he'll wake up. <laughs> there you go. That would... That would just ruin... I would stop reading Batman. I would stop doing this body. Would... I would burn my Dark Knight, and Batman Begins, DVDs, and Blu-rays. So... Uh, oh, oh, or it's kind of action if that was the case. <laughs> yeah, or, or it's kind of same idea, Tim, but it has to deal with us. What if it's Wednesday, you know, or Thursday, and you're standing in line to get into the movie theater? It doesn't matter if you got the the trilogy tickets or you got, you know, your regular twelve o'clock uh, premiere tickets. Um, like you're standing in line. And then all of a sudden, you know, you fall down, and then you're jolted awake, and it's 2009, and you dream three years worth of time, where... So I gotta wait all over again. You gotta wait all over again. So so you thought that... I was so all close. Stuff happened. Oh, that, Actually, that would be the I actually just had a dream last night that I was I was actually going to see the movie. I actually saw the beginning, but it was nothing like the really? prologue. It was totally different. <laughs> was it better? Or was it ter- terrible? No, yeah, it was terrible. It was like <laughs> like Batman dies like, in the first eight minutes. <laughs> it was like Bane came. They're like they're on a train, and then Bane walked in. And instead of Batman getting up, getting beat up, Bane got beat up by some unknown villain I never heard of. <laughs> Look. This is so, so it's pretty much a Tony Daniel storyline. 
then I had to like leave the theater for some reason. Then it was a hassle to go back in with my ticket stubs. Then when I walked back in, it was like it was like there was pop music playing in the in the scene. We like see Selena Kyle walking down the street like Spider Man three or something. <laughs> like oh, man. yeah, that that's a nightmare. Yeah, that's how I know. The movie's really close, and I start dreaming that I'm actually seeing it. That's when you know you're close. <laughs> yeah. Like I said before, it's so far away. I mean, I know it's close, but I don't know what I'm going to do for the next five days. It's going to be miserable. What I'm doing right now, I'm watching like well, some of the special features on the Batman Begins Blu-ray, the Dark Knight Blu-ray. And then for the first I'm not box set that came out with the old Batman movies, on the first Batman special features, they had some pretty cool like documentaries on there. So I've been watching that to kind of pass the time and prep myself up for it. <laughs> Maybe throw in a few animated series episodes in there also. <laughs> yeah, and the other thing I've been doing is listening to the soundtrack that just got released in, you know, its full form. Yeah. It's That's not downloadable, but um, yeah, you can listen to it, so... I thought too. I think it's the last track, or the second to last track. That looks like it's going to be the ending sequence of the movie. And there's this one piece that it's like a slow, like eerie music piece that kind of looks like something bad's going on. But then the music picks up, like with the Batman theme at the end of it. So it's kind of makes you think of what that ending sequence is going to be actually. Yeah, I think it's the last track, the one that's called Rise. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that one was pretty awesome. And, I mean, it, it's so hard to tell, you know, with this with this soundtrack because, you know, with the Dark Knight soundtrack, a lot of the tracks were missing. Yep. It, it wasn't until we got the special edition soundtrack that we got all the tracks. Yep. So. They already said that's the case with this one. Yeah, and the, the, the tracks were spread all over the movie, and it wasn't necessarily in that order, but a song called Rise... You know, it has to be kind of at the end of the movie, I think. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing to think about the ending, too. Just you got to remember the title, Dark Knight Rises. So it can't end on, like, a whole, like, doom and gloom scenario because the movie is dark. The Dark Knight Rises. So it has to rise above something <laughs> yeah. or the outcome's good. Yeah, but but going back to the death or, or Batman dying thing, I kind of see how these people are thinking that... Yeah, Batman's gonna die, but Batman's a symbol. Yeah. But I don't know. I I just still think it's a flawed theory. <laughs> yeah, cause even you think about that scene in Batman Begins where he's talking to Alfred on the plane. He says, "Just as a man of flesh and blood, I can be destroyed, but as a symbol, I can be everlasting." So. Yeah, yeah, but that would mean somebody would would have to take on the call. Yeah. So, what I'm proposing is, it's Alfred. At the end. <laughs> there you go. A senior citizen is going to take going to take on the uh, call of the bat. They're taking cues from the old Adam West series where Alfred <laughs> dressed up as bat in a few episodes. <laughs> oh wait, sorry. So many people dying today. They're just too nervous about the Dark Knight Rises coming out. They have to make their way to the hospital. <laughs> Yeah, and, and speaking of Sir Michael Caine, I had the pleasure and the honor to to watch a little movie he did called 
Jaws 4 The Revenge. Oh, man. <laughs> Can't forget he was actually in that. Yeah, and I, I was reading about that movie, and apparently he um, didn't go to the Oscars, which he, he, he won the Oscar. Um, for, for Jaws? <laughs> yeah, for Jaws, because he was filming Jaws in the... He was filming Jaws in the Caribbean, uh, and he's barely in that movie. <laughs> What's more important, Jaws or the Oscars? <laughs> no, uh, but he he uh, he redeemed himself with um, with the Batman movies. <laughs> yeah, easily. Because Jaws four was just terrible. <laughs> oh, man. All I'm saying is, thank God he wasn't in that movie a lot. I'm sure if they made a fifth Jaws movie, he would have been in it more. Unless he got eaten no, by the shark. I, I, I was, um, yeah. But I, I was reading about the novelization of Jaws for the Revenge. They made and a novelization of that? <laughs> oh, man. <yeah. laughs> There's a novelization, and apparently there was a subplot with uh, his character. I can't remember his character's name, but his character owned a plane. And apparently he was a drug runner. <laughs> That didn't make the way into the movie? <laughs> Thankfully not. <laughs> I'm sure it would have made it so much better. <laughs> this would have made the plot a lot deeper. Maybe it could have been a way they could have defeated the shark. Just get the shark high. <laughs> no, have, have you ever seen Jaws for the Revenge? I have when I was little. I don't remember anything except the okay. ending. <laughs> where Spoiler she alert. No, she, she doesn't shoot it. She doesn't? Well, I remember she they had that flashback sequence of the first movie. Yeah, with um, Roy Scheider's yeah. character. What she does is the, um, I don't know what you call it, like that stick that sticks out of the front of the boat Arthur. to kind of stabilize it. It was broken off, so it's, it's like a sharp edge. Okay. And then the shark's coming, the shark, the shark jumps out of the water, and it handles itself on, uh, on that stick thing. That <laughs> shark explodes. I also heard too, like it does like a lion roar or something in that movie. Yeah, yeah, it does a lion roar, and uh, I, I mean, I, I don't think sharks make noise. I, mean, I don't, I, I don't see why sharks would need to make noise. But apparently, these filmmakers thought it would be awesome if you know the shark roared like a lion. Uh, man, we're on a roll today. Ice Age and Jaws four, The Revenge. <laughs> but still, I don't think everything. Nothing's gonna come close to Batman and Robin. I mean. That's a disgrace and a bad movie. Like, you can't even get enjoyment out of it as, to make fun of it, as we tried before <laughs> when we saw it, but, yeah. Well, but, you, you see, what I'm thinking is, George Clooney is a, is a really good actor. You know, he's won Oscars, he's been in a lot of good movies and stuff. So what the hell was he thinking making this Batman movie? I mean, he, he must have read the script. I know, that's the thing, everyone read the script. They must have been paid so, a lot, a lot of money. Yeah, exactly. That's what I'm thinking. He must have took home some bank for that. And the funny thing is, I know they're going to be showing that movie like on different cable networks the day Dark Knight Rises comes out. Cause they no. did that for the Dark Knight and Batman Begins. They show the worst ones, like Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. You know why? These television studios, that's probably the only thing that they can afford. <laughs> yeah. We can't afford I mean, that. 89. It's, it's yeah, eighty nine or uh, Batman, um, Batman Returns. It's 
Or even the 66 movie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would even be better to show. <laughs> I know. Why don't you just show that? <laughs> uh, oh. you, that's, not, that's how we're going to pass the time till July 20th. Batman and Robin, Batman Forever. That'll make the time go by even faster. Watch. <laughs> no, it won't. <laughs> It'll <laughs> slow things down. You'll kill yourself before July 20th. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> so yeah, well, this is it. But um, yeah, I mean, this will be the last time we have our pre-discussions of the Dark Knight Rises before we actually see it. Yeah, exactly. But, but but going back to uh, Batman and Robin and Batman Forever, and for some people, Batman Returns. Um, now that we have Batman Begins and the Dark Knight. And The Dark Knight Rises, which seems like it's going to be good, which is almost 100% going to be awesome. Can you find any redeeming qualities in Batman Forever or Batman and Robin? Besides the obvious. Besides the obvious that, you know, we needed to get through that, and it made the breed so much better. Besides that. That's the only other thing, because there's no redeeming quality about Batman and Robin. The only other thing kind of in line with what you were saying about the reboot was that it got uh, Batman the Animated Series to get the revamp and some new episodes. It was yeah. all because of that. So that's the only other <laughs> redeeming quality about that. And Batman Forever, I mean, there was there could have been some good story ideas to it, but there were like there were some good points there that they didn't execute, but overall, I mean, it's not as bad as Batman and Robin at the same time. I don't put that movie in high regard as well. There's not too many redeeming things about that as well. <laughs> so, so, so you're telling me that you weren't engrossed in the Chase Meridian Bruce Wayne love uh, relationship uh, or whatever? <laughs> I mean, if they would have focused more on. Oh, wait, no, 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 wait. Sorry, sorry. I don't know how it could have been so stupid. It's the um, Bruce Wayne, Batman, Chase Meridian love triangle. Oh, yeah, there you go. <laughs> sorry. How could you screw that up? But, um, yeah, can, can you find anything redeeming in that movie? <laughs> I think they put a focus more. First of all, they needed a whole new cast for that movie. Everyone was terrible. <laughs> Michael Goff? Except him. <laughs> I mean, they should have... Pat, um, what's the guy's name? Pat, Pat uh... Hingle. Yeah, Mr. Gordon, right? Pat Hingle? No, well, he's only in it for two seconds. Oh, he's barely in it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, if they would have focused more on, like, Bruce Wayne, or, like, because they kind of went back to when his parents died, how he felt as a kid afterwards, because there's that whole subplot with some diary his dad had that they didn't even put in the movie. Like I said, there's some good ideas in there, but they never focused on it. <laughs> subplot with a diary. <laughs> so, so nothing, really, nothing uh, worth it. Yeah, that's a good thing. There may be some things there, but nothing worth it. <laughs> that should make you watch it. Yeah, there's nothing that you should commit two and a half hours for, or however long that movie is. It seems like two and a half, but thankfully it's not that long. <laughs> yeah. You remember when we tried watching that? Yep, that's where it spent like four hours. <laughs> that was That was miserable, but... Um, yeah, so 
Any other thoughts on Dark Knight Rises before we see it? Uh, just like what we said before, I mean, I'm definitely excited about it. I hope my expectations aren't too high where they're going to be <laughs> a little disappointed afterwards, but I really don't think that's the case. And we'll just have to see about the ending and how if it'll be something that makes the movie not as good as it could be or something where it fits perfectly with Christopher Nolan's story. So we shall see in five days. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, there's one other thing that, I mean, you kind of touched on it earlier. Um, the the Miranda Tate character. Who do you think she's going to be? If she is Talia, how are they going to work her in? What's her story going to be? Etc. Yeah. Is she going to be think? with the Mercs or with Bane and his Mercs? Or is she actually going to be on Bruce, Wayne, on Bruce Wayne's side like Talia has been on certain stories? So that's yeah. another thing to think about. If she is Talia, what side is she going to be on? Yeah. So, so what do you think? I mean, do you think she's... She is Talia. I know you said 99.9, but... I think she is Talia. But you really think that? Yeah, I do. Uh, I think she, or I think for sure she's going to be Rachel Gould's daughter. <laughs> Whether she's called Talia or not, we'll see, but I think she is. I don't think that she's going to be Talia. I don't know. It seems kind of like a stretch, but I can also see how Christopher Nolan can make that work. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> So uh, I'm I'm kind of unsure about that. Yeah, for me, I actually hope she is Talia. I think that'd be there is a way for it to make it work in the story, and it'd be a cool addition to have her in it at the time yeah. with Rachel Gould from Batman Begins. So I hope she ends up being her. But thankfully, <laughs> even though we're kind of winding down on Dark Knight Rises new stories that's coming out in the next few days, there's plenty of comic book news that came out the last few weeks. Which the big announcement yes. for me was kind of almost as big as like finding out what villain's going to be in the next Batman movie. And that's the announcement of Scott Snyder's upcoming story arc for Batman, which has the awesome, I think the awesome teaser cover that I've seen in a while of the Joker, where you just see him holding up this cut off the skin of his face and you just see his eyes and smile in the background. I just love that artwork. It's just an awesome tease. And then, like I said, it's just got that feeling like you're seeing announcement of the next villain for the next Batman movie. It's just it's that big of a thing with Scott Snyder writing it and him using the Joker. It's going to be awesome. Yeah, no. Finally, he's going to do a Joker story. I, I remember after the, you know, the Black Mirror, I was like, I just want to see Snyder do um, a Joker story. So the only thing I'm kind of bummed about is, I mean, not really bummed. Bummed is the wrong word, but... uh. It is the fact that I wanted to see Jock with with Scott Snyder. Mm. I mean, Jock is one of my favorite artists. I loved his Joker when we the little we we saw of him in um Detective. What story was that? Did the, the Black Mirror? Yeah, the James Gordon story. Oh yeah, it's yeah, that yeah. one issue. It was an awesome Joker story. <laughs> yeah, I know. Even and, and the way Snyder wrote Joker, where he was kind of lucid and he he was um psychotic to the point where he's talking gibberish but he, Snyder kind of connects it with what's what Joker's trying to get across to Dick Grayson but um yeah finally we're finally gonna get a Scott Snyder uh Joker story I, I'm just hoping and just reading for, you know what he said on you know this interview and what Capullo said on his Twitter I hope it's not gonna be 
you know, Joker is a minor villain in the story, and somebody else is behind what he's doing. But I but really I don't, don't see it. Yeah, that I don't think that either. I mean, I love what yeah. Scott Snyder is saying about how this is like his love letter to the Joker. It's his favorite villain. Oh, and he's pretty much so just going <laughs> to, like he said, he's been away for a year, and now he's going to make up for that lost time by just causing havoc to yeah, the it, bad family. It kind of sucks that Scott Snyder had to incorporate what the crap that Tony Daniel did with the with the Joker in the first issue of uh, Tech. No, but here's the thing, though. I thought Detective Number 1 was the best issue. I really liked it. And Snyder kind of worked with... Uh, Tony Daniel in that regard with the Joker. And let's be honest, that was the best part of Detective Comics run so far. And it's thanks to Scott Snyder. So. <laughs> that kind okay, of explains okay. why I like Detective Number One so much. Okay, yeah, I'll I'll give him that. <laughs> but I don't I, I just can't wait for this. I mean Me too. this is like waiting for the Dark Knight Rises almost. Yeah, exactly. it's almost there. But um I don't know. I I don't I don't know if I like um, Capullo's Joker. I think it's good. The little you've seen of yeah. I mean, it's good, but like you said, yeah, I don't think it's the best Joker design out there that we've seen. But I mean, he's going to look different too. So we'll see if it works better with Craig Capullo's art style with his new look, because we still don't know exactly what he's going to look like with. That his uh, face has been skinned off. Yeah, that's weird. It's like, how, how would you... I guess this is why I don't write comics, but... <laughs> how would you write a story about that? I mean, if anyone could do it, it's Scott Snyder. <laughs> I mean, he'll make yeah, it somehow. And I like the title <laughs> of it, too, where it's playing off uh, a death in the family, but now it's called the death of the family, so... Uh, it's pretty probably safe to assume that means the bad family so we'll see if I wonder if anything big is going to happen as far as maybe killing off anyone in the bad family maybe we'll kind of make this like the next killing joke or the next like I said death in the family where it changes the status quo of who's part of the bad family yeah but it's it's so sad that we have to wait till October to see this story <laughs> yeah well I'm definitely looking forward to Batman number zero which should be pretty cool but number uh or the 12, that's kind of the one that I mean, this might be a filler, where it might, it's Scott Snyder, so it'll probably be a good read, but nothing too drastic <laughs> as far as story content. Like but I, I, I can't wait for this Joker. Yeah, it should, be, it should be awesome. I yeah, mean, especially what? since we got a tease from it, uh, or a tease of it, of the Joker. Um, you know, was it last year we got a tease of him? Yeah. Yeah, all he showed up was Detective Number 1, that was it. And then, yeah. and then a Batman number one that was Dick Grayson, but that's about it. Yeah, so, so that doesn't really count. <laughs> I mean, what better way to follow up his Court of Owl story than with the Joker story? Exactly. It's kind of like uh, exactly. uh, the Nolan movies, too, where you start off with Batman Begins. I mean, his first major Batman arc is the Court of Owls with villains uh, we never heard before, seen before, or Batman Begins. It was Batman fans know Scarecrow and Rachel Ghoul, but not the mass majority of people going to see the movie. But then he follows that movie up with the Joker, and now he's follow, Scott Snyder's following up his big comic story with the Joker. So <laughs> it'd be cool if it kind of works out the same way, where it's the Dark Knight level good, where it's the ultimate Joker story. <laughs> I hope so, but um, like Nolan, and like um, you know. 
Nolan is like Scott Snyder, and Scott Snyder is like Nolan. We've gotten to a point where we can 100% trust him. Yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, I I know I keep on saying it, but I, I cannot wait <laughs> for this <laughs> for this Joker story. <laughs> the only letdown, kind of a letdown, not really a letdown, is that, I mean, Capullo is an awesome artist. You know, he, he did Spawn for how many years and other stuff. He's a great artist, but I, I would have rather seen Jock, you know, do this book. Can't have everything, I guess. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Can't be too picky now. <laughs> I know. I mean, DC, come on, get Jock back. <laughs> yeah, well, the other, I mean, last time we had the podcast was announced that uh, Tony Daniel was finally leaving Detective Comics. Oh, thankfully. yes. But we didn't know who was taking over. But now yeah. uh, we finally got to reveal who's taking over Detective uh, John Lehman and Jason Fabok. I hope I'm saying that. Fabok. Fabok. Yeah. We'll be doing art. And I gotta be honest, I've never really heard of these guys or their comic series. I heard of Chew, but I've never actually read it or anything. So, 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 so you've never heard of Jason Fabok? No, can't say he that. He did, uh, Dark Knight. He filled in on Dark Knight. Did he? Yeah, for, for, uh, what's his name? Finch. Yeah, I don't remember. Was it the yeah, pre-52 or? Yeah, pre-New 52. Okay. And I think he, he might have did one, he, he might have done one post-52, yeah, but it's... Not coming back to me, but... <laughs> if you say he was, then... Yeah, his art is good, though. I mean, it, yeah, it's definitely. right up there with um, with just, uh, Finch. Yeah, just judging from that uh, teaser shot that they have a detective when they made this announcement, I mean, the art looks really good. But yeah. As far yeah. as uh, John Layman, have you read any of his stuff? I remember reading Chew, and it was just a random issue. I didn't start at number one or anything, but I do not remember it. Kind of like you with Jason Feeblock. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I'm really unsure about his writing, but I think I, I I've read stuff about Chew, and apparently it's it's critically acclaimed. Uh huh. So. Hopefully he'll he'll bring that to to Batman. I mean, come on, let's be honest. I think any writer oh, yeah. would get improvement <laughs> over Tony Daniel. We could probably write better than Tony. Daniel. <laughs> probably, especially after this latest issue, Detective, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, after reading, I, that, like, I have something to say about that. <laughs> but uh, the only thing that maybe I'm a little disappointed with this announcement towards the story is that we're getting the penguin again. He seems to Yeah, I was everything. gonna say that. Yeah. Yeah. Every freaking story and he's the he's apparently he's the only person in Gotham that wants to steal stuff and yeah. kill people like, oh, we haven't seen the Riddler like, yet. Didn't he have a brain tumor or, or was that retconned? I think it was because he hasn't shown up at all in the new fifty two. I mean pretty yeah, like cancer. That was like in the hush era is when he had that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking way back. <laughs> but I, I don't remember him being in... Oh, you know, the, that Tony Daniel story. Oh, yeah, that was you a remember lot. Yeah. The one with the guy with the bomb strapped to his chest? Yeah. But, um... Or or even, um... No. <laughs> I was going to say Katrina Falcone. <laughs> oh, please, no. <laughs> that character never needs to come back. Or, um... Riddler's daughter. What's her name? I can't, I can't remember. Yeah. Um, that was the last... 
or something. Uh, who knows? <laughs> I don't think that was the last time we saw the Rizzo. Was I think like he beat her up or something like that? Yeah, <laughs> he did something to her. Yeah, yeah, he did. But um, yeah, we don't need any of those two. No, yeah, but like you said, Penguin's—he's in Batwing. He showed up in uh, earlier Detective Stories, which wasn't that good. Then now he's coming back. They're calling it Emperor Penguin. So <laughs> curious yeah. to see what that's all about. The only thing that sounds interesting has something to do that Batman's going to trace back to the the um, the Iceberg Lounge. He's going to pick on Penguin for a little bit, and then I don't know. Yeah, I mean they say that too that uh, Batman's there's like a hit on him, which yeah, I'm not sure if that's Penguin's doing or not, but that should be pretty interesting as far as story wise. But like I said, just kind of a little disappointed that it's the Penguin again as the main villain. Yeah, but. You know, honestly, I'm willing to give it a shot. Oh, yeah, definitely. After Tony Daniel. <laughs> uh, yeah, Daniel. It'll, be, it'll be like a breath of fresh air. Exactly. Kind of like, um, what is it called? The Dark Knight and Greg Hurwitz. Yeah, definitely. So, and then hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. And, and the other thing, too, was... Um, Catwoman. Yeah, right. I was just going to mention that too. Yeah, uh, oh. Anne Nascenti. I think that's how you pronounce her name. Is taking yeah. over writing. So I'm, I think it's coming at a good time too because the Catwoman book that Judd Winnick has been writing just hasn't really picked up steam for me. It hasn't been horrible. It just it's always just been at the same level. It's just okay, really. And yeah. I think it needs to start picking up. So it just get get a brand new story arc going on here. So hopefully this new writer will do the job. Yeah, and have we ever seen a, a, well, I mean, I'm sure we've seen a, a woman do a Catwoman title, but when was the last time? I can't remember one, yeah. One of the main Bat books? Maybe um, Simone did one? Possible, yeah, but, yeah, like you said, yeah. it's, it's kind of rare when a woman does take on the main writing duties for a main title, Batman title, anyway. Yeah, so maybe it'll be a change, maybe... Maybe Catwoman won't be busting, busting out of the top of her yeah. cat boot. <laughs> so, yeah, so I think the necessary changes as far as writing goes for the Bat books, DC's finally addressing it, especially with Dark Knight and Detective. So, hopefully, it looks like there'll be changes for the better, because I don't see how he could have gotten any worse than those two books were at the moment before their changes. Yeah. Yeah, it honestly couldn't have been any worse. But But maybe that's the point. I mean, because when you hit rock bottom, the only way you can go is up. Yeah. So. Did you get a chance to check out the solicitations for October? Oh, my God. That that Batman number 13 cover is awesome. Yes, it is. I mean, it's not, it's awesome, but not quite as good as that teaser poster, but still. It's, oh, just, just look at the Joker's face on that. <laughs> you know what? I, I take back what I said about Greg Capullo. <laughs> <laughs> I'll retcon that just like Katrina Falcone and <laughs> Riddler's daughter got retconned. Oh, that looks awesome. Yeah, that's going to be another yeah. good part about all these this story arc, just seeing the great covers. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, but another cool oh, thing. That incorporated one looks yeah. terrible. Well, not necessarily the cover, but the actual, they're going back to the 666 storyline where Damon... That was also in Batman number 700, right? A portion of it, yeah. Because that's where he uh, discovers Terry, and he takes him under his wing. 
Zong is kind of like an Elseworlds type thing, and it's not yeah. necessarily in the main continuity. Then I'm all for it because there's some pretty cool stuff in there. Are you a fan of Chris Burnham and his art? Not really. I mean, yeah. I think he's the worst, but it's not my, I guess, cup of tea, I guess you'll say, as far as artwork. Yeah. There's some and, of the expressions uh, on the characters' faces he makes sometimes. <laughs> and um, we also have Talon, number one, coming out in October. Yeah, not sure about that one. I mean, the Court of Owls is made for great villains, as well as the Talons. And I just think maybe they might just be getting a little overexposed if they had their if the talent has his own monthly series. I mean, I think they should, for at least for a little while, be kept strictly as Batman villains instead of already branching off to their own series. I mean, we'll see how it is. Scott Snyder's involved with it, so... But right now, I think it's something that they probably should have left alone for a little bit. Yeah. And, um, I really like the, the cover for Batman number 13. I don't know what that is. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sure it's going to be awesome. Especially with... J.H. Williams doing the cover and the art. <laughs> and that's the thing. I really hope J.H. Williams starts doing the interior art consistently from now on. I mean, nothing against Kyle Higgins or um, Amy Reader. Uh, she left, um, right? Yeah, yeah, she left. But um, n- there's nobody that can really replace... Uh, J.H. Williams is a one-of-a-kind artist. <laughs> that is for sure, yeah. <laughs> he definitely has his own unique style. <laughs> yeah, he does. And, um, the and Birds of Prey cover is surprisingly nice. Oh, I mean, awesome. <laughs> Have you seen it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if I'll say awesome. It's pretty cool, but <laughs> I don't think it's... That I just guy. like that art style. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> then the only other thing, which I talked to Gary about earlier, which they had the Smallville season seven, number six with Batman, where we finally get a better look at his cowl and his suit. And even yeah. though it's not the Batman suit, I would prefer. I think it looks better than those uh, sketch images we saw when they first announced it. He actually looks like Batman here. I mean, his cowl looks like Batman. His suit, even though it's armor, which I particularly don't like too much. It looks better than what I initially thought. So, <laughs> my excitement for it. Is- yeah, but you see, what I don't get is how are they gonna, how are they gonna write a young Bruce Wayne into Smallville? It should be simple enough. I mean, him and Superman usually start out started out around the same time anyway. If anything, maybe Batman was a little bit before him. But. Oh, you see, I was under the impression that it was, it was during Clark's. High school years. Oh, no, no, it's definitely where he's Superman. Or right after that. Oh, okay, never mind. Yeah, but, um, another cool thing that was announced earlier this week was uh, they're going to have a Batmobile uh, TV documentary. It's going to be on Monday on uh, the CW. It's just a half-hour special. But this is the, they had a preview clip that kind of showed Christopher Nolan, uh, Tim Burton, kind of describing the Batmobile that they use for their movies. Then you had um, Adam West saying something, but it should be pretty cool even though I think they should leave out the Batman Forever and Batman Robin Batmobiles, but <laughs> I guess they got to cover everything. The one with the nuclear reactor in the engine. <laughs> the engine block. I mean, just... Uh, when you see the picture, because they have like a promo picture of all of them lined up, I know I always say this, but you just can't top the Batman 89 Batmobile. <laughs> that will always be the ultimate, yeah. 
especially in the um, in the animated series. The, the the opening montage, the opening credits, I guess you could say, even though there's no credits to it. You know, the the uh, Batmobile driving the streets. Yeah, and even, this is probably going to be shocking for coming from me <laughs> for the animated series, even though I don't think the animated series Batmobile measures up to the 89 Batmobile. I mean, you can see it took designs from it, but just it's just not as cool as that one. <laughs> I don't think anything ever will be. Have you ever seen it in real life? No. Oh. Me either, but I know. But the Tumblr has grown on me over the years. When I first saw it, when they first revealed it, when Batman Begins came out, I wasn't a big fan of it. But it's grown on me over the last few years. What about the Batpod? Well, yeah, the Batpod I never had a problem with. <laughs> that always looked cool, I thought. <laughs> and even the '60s Batmobile, there's, there's like a classic feel of that too, where. It's still a pretty cool car. Yeah, it was literally a Chevy <laughs> with, bat, with a Bat logo on it. Uh, there's still certain designs on it that I think fits with the, with the tone of Batman at that time. Like, what's the, it's probably the least campiest thing in that show with the Batmobile. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> but this is enough to pass the time for when The Dark Knight Rises comes out this week. So. Uh, it's, it's, like, honestly, it's just going to make it even longer. <laughs> That's another, I miss the days where they'd have these, like especially for 89 and Batman Returns, they'd have these TV documentaries on the movies before they came out. I mean, they don't do that hardly anymore for the new movies that come out. It's always online documentaries or little featurettes that we got for this one, but it's nice to have like a half-hour, hour special on the making of of The Dark Knight Rises, or even all the Nolan movies really didn't have too many of it. Yeah. I don't know, Tim. <laughs> It's just so far away. <laughs> so close, yet so far. I, I, I hate waiting. <laughs> like, so impatient with, like, with uh, the Dark Knight Rises and, and, and now with the, the Scott Snyder Joker story. Just well, so impatient. <laughs> like that classic Tom Petty song says, the waiting is the hardest part. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but, um... I know you said you're not too much of a fighting game fan for video games, but uh, did you see they announced Nightwing as a new playable character for the new Injustice Gods Among Us game? Uh, no, I haven't. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of figured, but <laughs> he, he does look really cool, though, in the game. Especially his movesets with the sticks that he has. He could, like, separate them or put them together as one big staff and or just take them apart and use them as, like, electrical sticks for to beat up your opponent. It looks really cool. Oh, yeah. you got to get into fighting games more, Dane. <laughs> You're not excited know. enough. <laughs> uh, I'm looking for an arcade. <laughs> Arcades are dead. <laughs> get it on your PS3, and then you can play it from there. <laughs> but um, um, the other news, video game news-wise, anyway, anyway, is that uh, there's a rumor going around about Rocksteady's next Batman game, that the Justice League is going to be a part of it. But I'm kind of confused as what it's going to be. Is it going to be a brand new Justice League game, or is it going to be part of the Arkham franchise, but Justice League members are going to be in it? Because I read, too, that it's going to take place like a prequel before the Arkham games, where Batman and Joker first met. But at the same time, they kind of said they're going for a more Silver Age style and if they do that, there's no way that can fit with the Arkham City tone as being all dark. <laughs> so, right now it's just in the yeah. rumors. 
But the only way that I could see it is that this Justice League game is separate, and just because I don't think the Justice League could fit into the Arkham franchise. Yeah, especially if they're saying too that it's going to be where Batman first encounters the Joker. Why would he need the Justice League for that? He's already proven time and time again that he can handle the Joker without the help of the Justice League. Unless it's some... Yeah, and... I, I, I don't know if I'm getting the continuity wrong, but wasn't... The, the Justice League wasn't even formed yet when Batman first encountered the Joker, right? Because that was in year one. Yeah. Or right after year one. Yeah, I don't think they were part of the group, especially in the old uh, DC continuity before the new 52. But I don't think that really matters with the Arkham games. They're their own established community, so they can do whatever they want, really. But I just think the tone, if they're going for Silver Age, is not going to fit with the Arkham City vibe. So kind of what I'm hoping for is that it's not an Arkham game, but they're just doing a Justice League game just by itself, where it's called Justice League something. And not Arkham City Justice League. But they're kind of saying, too, that they want to use that as a springboard to get more people aware of the Justice League for the movie. Because they're saying it should be out like 2014 for the game, and then maybe next year we'll get the actual Justice League movie. So <laughs> it might be our first look at seeing what that's going to be like. Yeah, and we... We forgot to mention it when we were talking about Dark Knight Rises, but isn't it confirmed that we're going to get the Superman trailer? Yeah, finally. It finally is confirmed. Yeah, and and like we said last time, I hope it's not just yep. the Superman logo and the Superman theme. I've heard, too, they're not even going to use the theme for the movie. It's just going to be a brand oh, new they're star. Not. Yeah, just like how Batman Begins was. Which, I don't know. I mean, you can't get any better than that Superman theme. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. But at the same time, I can see why they want to separate themselves as their own thing. But yeah, and going back to the Dark Knight Rises soundtrack, especially towards the later tracks, did did you get a a, a sense of the uh, the Danny Elfman score? There were like certain parts where I heard uh, certain aspects of the Danny Elfman score. Honestly, I can't say that I did, but I did this thing, though, because it did sound a little different than, at least certain songs did, than, than his first two soundtracks, but I didn't get the Danny Elfman vibe, though. Oh, uh, maybe it's just me. And, and surprisingly enough, that the, the Bane Chan isn't a big part of the soundtrack. Yeah, I was a little disappointed with it. <laughs> <laughs> it's only, like, two tracks, I think. Yeah, two or three at the most. I mean, there's, I think it's on yeah. the second track. But I think we'll probably hear it a lot more in the movie. So I want to be on the song. Yeah, and and the other thing about the chant is, I mean, this is, like I said before, this is totally implausible or and impossible. But the the chant roughly translates to like something like he rises or something. Yeah, well, just going by what that guy says in the trailer, Bruce says what they're saying. He says rise. I assume they were doing the chant. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe it's the fire rises. What if they're not- what if they're not chanting for Bane? They're chanting for Batman. Interesting. Batman is, I mean, well, Bruce Wayne is locked up is in that jail cell with those people. Well, at least that's what it looks like. Yeah. But I don't know. I mean, it, it's probably for Bane. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it starts off as Bane for Bane, then it goes for Batman. 
Yeah, maybe. <laughs> but, uh, but anyways. Yeah. That's pretty much for all the news that's happened the last few weeks, so we'll go ahead and move on to the comic reviews. And before we start, we always like to mention that our reviews are going to be spoiler-heavy, so if you haven't read any of the comics from the weeks of July 4th or July 11th, you might want to hold off, read it first, then come back and listen to what we have to say. So I guess we'll start off with the week of July 4th. We had Detective Comics number 11, Batwing number 11, and also uh, Batman Rose 1 finally came out. So... um I guess we'll get the junk out of the way first, and I think we all know what that is. <laughs> Detective Comics number 11. <laughs> so, Tim, uh, you... I, I don't feel adequate enough to talk on this, because <laughs> th- th- this has to be the only book that I've started reading, and it after a couple pages, it was straight into my long box. <laughs> Yeah, well, I think if I had to sum up this issue for me in one word, it would just be boring. There was nothing to it. I mean, the villain, first of all, his name is like Mr. Toxic, I think. Yeah. <laughs> like, they didn't put that much thought into his name. <laughs> and just the overall plot of him, and he has this clone of this of himself that, he's tr- that he created just to test out this formula, which I don't remember what it was for, but it was nothing interesting. It just... I can't remember a last a comic issue where I've just been so bored with reading it, not even like caring what happens. <laughs> just, I, think, I think I have to say this is probably the worst issue of Detective yet by Tony Daniels. Yeah. There's just nothing to it. And then uh, I'm glad it's finally over, but that Two-Face backup story was just oh my God. That was awful. I'm sorry. <laughs> it, 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 uh, I've said this before, but I'll say it again. It started that, that first... It started off good. <laughs> I didn't even think it did. I just right from the start, it's just sorry it didn't capture capture my interest. But I'm yeah, I mean, it, it started off good. It like everything with Tony Daniel, it was just terrible. Yeah, well, thankfully we only got one more issue left. I think with the story. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it ends on that cliffhanger with Batman getting like consumed by that blob of goo <laughs> from that formula that he was working on in the back game. But yeah, you um you mentioned it before, but it kinda reminds me of a a Silver Age Batman story. Yeah, especially the villain is how he looks. He looks very Yeah, simple. yeah. But in the worst possible way. Yeah, unfortunately. Um Yeah, even the yeah. action sequences aren't that great. This can't even save the issue. Just in the beginning is where Batman fights Mr. Yeah. and it cracks his helmet open. I mean, even design. I mean, when I got my comics, uh, my brother looked at it real quick. He goes, oh, so he's fighting the Red Hood again? Oh, uh, Red Hood? What do you mean? I, mean, I took that, de- oh, detective this guy. Yeah, <laughs> that's definitely not the Red Hood. Yeah, I mean, I I just not, di- didn't dig this at all. This entire storyline, this issue particularly... Uh, when they're having that fight with in Wayne Industries, is yeah. that where they were fighting? Yeah. So you see, I I don't even remember it. I only read it yeah, a couple it's days very ago. Very forgettable. Like, this yeah. is like and, um, the definition of a filler story arc. <laughs> well, has nothing to do with anything. It's just it's boring to read. And on top of that, the whole thing with the radiation. I mean, wasn't that Collider thing in Wayne Industries? As far as I remember, I'm pretty sure it was. <laughs> okay, so. Apparently there there was like 
a lot of radiation that went into the air and stuff. And, uh, you know, uh, Bruce got exposed to radiation, and that's why he was in that radiation shower, which I don't, I don't really know how that works, but that's okay. Um, wouldn't there be radiation all over Wayne Industries? I mean, there's a reason why people didn't go back to Chernobyl after the shit that nuclear reactor <laughs> screwed up. I mean, am I right? I it mean, does I'll, make sense. Tim, I, I'm not a scientist. You're <laughs> not? But this time I thought you were. <laughs> <laughs> but wouldn't there be radiation all over that place? You would think. But, uh, you know, actually, I'm flipping through the issue right now. Yeah. It starts off, it says, uh, Hugh Martyr's Experimental Lab in Wayne Tower. So that's, it is in Wayne Tower. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so wouldn't there be radiation all over that place, not only in that room, but it would have went through the wall. It, it would have went through the walls and just spread all in the tower. Even though I don't really don't want to defend this book, maybe it's you know how Bruce Wayne is with security. He would have like that laboratory, I guess, locked down with secured oh. doors and walls. Maybe many, where many accidents happen, it couldn't get through. But I guess, <laughs> but it's more fun to say yeah, they missed something and. Well, Wayne Tower is exposed to radiation now. <laughs> and that's the crappiest thing about this book, that we have to assume <laughs> yeah. Bruce Wayne put something in for radiation. But, I mean, beyond that, to be honest, I only read half of this issue. Uh, good for and you. And <laughs> the, the, the rest of the issue, I just skipped through. Uh, just looking at the art, which wasn't that good to begin with, you know, which was kind of a waste of time. And so... Yeah, I mean, from from what I gathered, and trust me, I I stopped before the story got that big, and you know, the, the issue introduced so many crappy storylines, and you know, because it it it, it kind of seemed like Batman takes care of Mister Toxic, um, and then there was that guy that that called Bruce, right? The guy that was yeah. supposed to be dead, and uh, like uh, I'm guessing that went on after that. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Bruce meets the guy. Gives him some information. Okay. And then he gets he goes back, like, the formula, whatever Mr. Toxin was working on, and he goes back into the Batcave, and then it starts, like, what he was working on starts blowing up, and then, like, oozes out to this big pile of, like, looks like an overflowing spaghetti sauce got all over him. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so I, I wasn't missing No, you didn't. But, um... <laughs> Yeah, because he was doing autopsies on those clones of that, of Mr. Toxic, Dr. Toxic, whatever his name is. Yeah, now that was just flipping through the issue, just reminding me how lame it was. Yeah, and, and like I said, I didn't dig the art at all. Yeah, it wasn't as good as other past detective comic stories or issues were, which was like the highlight of most of them. Yeah, and and would you say this this was the penultimate worst issue? Yeah, like, yeah, definitely the worst uh, detective issue out of the new 52. Okay, so um, our rating scale of this, this episode is going to be radiation levels that don't affect anybody. <laughs> in honor of this issue. <laughs> yeah, in honor of this. this. Uh, Since it's the worst issue of Detective the New 52, we have to honor it in some way. So <laughs> there you go. Yeah, I'll, I'm going to go ahead and give this a zero. Zero radiation levels that don't affect anybody out of five. You know, I don't know if I could give it a zero. I'm going to give it a one. 
one radiation level that, that would affect anybody. I mean, this, I mean, this is pretty bad, but it just has to be a horrible, horrible comic for me to give it a zero. I mean, I don't even know, for me anyway, what would warrant a zero, but I don't think this is it, so. Yeah, and you have a point there. So, and I really like the cover for the most part. I mean, there there was so much color on that, but um, I like the cover, the Tony Daniel cover, I think it was. So, um, yeah, I'm going to give it a half. Thank you, Tim. Bumped up already. (laughs) Yeah, a a half radiation level that that doesn't affect anybody. By the time we're finished with all the other comics, you're going to keep thinking about it and pump it up. It'll be a five by the end of the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) No, I don't think so. This this one was just... It's saying something when a Batman fan like you and I puts the comic down and doesn't even read it. <laughs> well, I, I had know, to make a couple it through. <laughs> it was a, it was well, a tough read, but I guess that makes you a better Batman fan than I am. <laughs> but you were probably the smartest from not finishing it. Yeah, I, ju- I just could not get through it. Is it, it was the middle of the day? You know, nothing is really going on. I just couldn't get through it. <laughs> just could not. But um, it's in the past now, so. You can forget about it. So next Uh, up would be uh, Batwing number eleven. Okay. I don't know about you, but so far this new arc, this hasn't drawn me in like the first one did, with massacre and the whole. Yeah. Superhero. Yeah. I was gonna. I was gonna say that too, but um, I I could kind of see it coming. That this uh, is being kind of terrible because, you know, at the end of the last issue, we got the whole thing with the with the dragon guy. Yeah. Long. Um, which means dragon. <laughs> which means dragon, and and uh, that continues into this story. And for the most part, that was kind of good. I mean, it wasn't awesome. It wasn't. It was just all right. Yeah, I definitely. And, agree. Um, the the fight was pretty good though, and um, and then we're introduced to this Matu's this this Matu story where his family got killed, and and then we're introduced to Lord Battle. After that, I don't know, I just, I was just totally out of the story. Yeah, I mean, with this, there's like some entertaining moments in it, especially with uh, Nightwing. I mean, he's him and uh, Batwing has some funny lines like they usually do, but <laughs> from the last issue. And then when you have yeah that. yeah uh, that 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 part works. Yeah. I really like that part. Uh, the, the back and forth between that wing and that wing, and how they're trying to protect this little USB yeah. thing. <laughs> I, I thought that was good. Yeah. But then we, but then we were introduced to this Matu story and um, what, what's his name, Lord? Lord Battle. <laughs> Lord Battle, and. I mean, I understand what Winnie's trying to do. He's trying to connect uh, Batwing back to um, back to Africa and back to his, back to the homeland and stuff. But like, what a poor storyline to reintroduce Batwing to Africa. Yeah, I, I agree. It's, it's not grabbing you. Yeah, I, mean, I wish it would focus more on Batwing and David himself, and then I guess immediately on the next are going to one of his uh, supporting characters and. In this, in this new story. And then another thing that yeah. kind of I didn't like, and it was cool seeing Batman 
uh, interrogates the penguin, but at the same time, it's the penguin again. <laughs> like this, this is popping up everywhere. Yeah, it's it's more than enough penguin for for the next five years, I would think. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so hopefully, this one, the story arc won't last that long. <laughs> It'll just maybe be yeah. issues at the most. But it looks yeah, like the, the Justice League International are going to be making an appearance in the next issue, so we'll see how that goes. <laughs> I, I think there, yeah. a lot of the issues. I mean, I'm, it started off this way with the first few Batwing issues, where it was just him doing the fighting. But it seems like the last few issues, he's always teamed up with somebody. Like they don't think he can handle the comic on his own, which I think he could. He's proven to be a pretty good character. But it seems like they're always throwing in someone to help him out, whether it's Nightwing, with Batman, certain issues. Now the Justice League International. Yeah. Uh, and and plus too, he's the Batman of Africa, and for the most part, he wasn't even in Africa. I mean, he was in Egypt, he was in uh, Gotham, he was in China. Yeah, he's, he's bouncing around a lot. Yeah, I know. He do an an Africa storyline, which seems like what what they're doing. But he's not there. <laughs> he's not. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, and. And like you said, he doesn't need the supporting Bat family, you know. All the time, yeah. Yeah, he he's a strong character on his own. So, I mean, just do a story in Africa, have him on his own, and, you know, maybe it'll be better. But <laughs> this this issue was definitely a drop in quality for me. Yeah. I, I just do not like where this storyline story is going. Um, like you said, Penguin being introduced in the Bat Family. I don't know. I just, just want to see something more akin to the Massacre story. Same here, yep. Yeah, so... But it was great to see Marcus Toe. Yeah, it's it was always great to see his art. Yep. So, I'm going to give this uh, a two uh, radiation levels that don't affect us out of five. Right there with you, yeah. I was thinking maybe two and a half, but... No, I'll just give it a probably a little below average. So, yeah, two radiation levels that don't affect anybody for me also. And then next up was finally <laughs> Batman vs. One that came out that week. I mean, when I, I really didn't realize it was came out on July 4th. When I saw, the, oh, that came out already? I rushed to the comic store to go get it just because I thought it was going to be the same thing, like Superman vs. One, where that sold out like that. But when I got there, they had yeah. money left. So, <laughs> And for me, I really liked it. I thought it was worth the wait. I mean, it was a good retelling of Batman's origin. Along Since we know that it's in another Earth, the drastic changes that they made don't really bother me. It worked for the most part. I mean, there's maybe a few little things I was disappointed with. I thought the overall tone that he set right from the out, the beginning of the issue where Batman is going to fire his grapple, but then like it doesn't work right. It tangles all up on him. He tries to make a jump over the roofs, and he doesn't quite make it. I mean, I like seeing this type of Batman just working out. It isn't perfect like he always is. And then the other thing I really liked was when they actually showed how his parents got murdered. So I don't think I've seen too much where they do a different type of way his parents die, where the Joe Chill actually takes Bruce and holds him hostage and kind of, like, puts more of a scare into his parents for not to hurt him. But then as they're trying to protect him, they get shot. And that's how they get killed. It's kind of a, I thought, an interesting way to put, uh, an interesting way to do the origin where Bruce can maybe feel more guilty 
for his parents' death, where he runs off and he gets grabbed by the robber. I don't know about you, but I thought that really worked good for just a different way to tell his origin story, but still keeping it true. It works, right? Because, I mean, it's it's not changing it too much. It's exactly, yeah. The, the robber, Joe Chill or whoever, goes yeah, after Bruce. Yeah, it's just like a small little twist, I guess you could say, to it that I haven't really seen before, and I thought, eh, that's something different. I think it works good for it. Because you never really see Bruce in danger at all in any of the yeah. origin stories that we see. It's always just his parents who get shot. But then it kind of changes the aspect a little bit because it, it's not – Joe Chill didn't uh, hold at gunpoint the um, the Waynes for money. Oh, yeah. Because like, he, nev- he never had the chance to. First he grabbed Bruce. And then cause, yeah. like, how it happens, Bruce runs off, and then he turns around and he says, like, you're you're like the son of Bruce or Thomas Wayne or something like that, and he just takes him right away. And then that's yeah. when they say, okay, we'll give you whatever we want. And then that's where he tries to rob him. But it's still like a random. No, that's another thing. I like because they were at the end, they were kind of making it where the whole thrust of the story is Bruce thinks that uh, Penguin again, who shows up, but I think he works a lot better in this story than he adds in the few issues we've seen him in, where he was running for mayor and he thought, uh, since his father was running for mayor, also he thought Penguin had him murdered and there was a whole conspiracy behind it. While that was true, that's not how it happened. I mean, Penguin did have a plan to try to kill Thomas Wayne, but uh, Joe Chill got to him first. So I like it how they kind of put, or Jeff Johns tried to make it where there was a conspiracy, but that's not how it played out. It's still the random act of violence that I think works best for Batman's origin story. So do you think it was worth the wait? I think so, yeah. I didn't I didn't get the feeling that I, we waited all this time for this. I thought it was definitely a... A unique, a unique, I can't even say it, a unique take on Batman that I thought worked good. I mean, the characters are all different. I mean, especially the aspect, the relationship between Bruce and Alfred, where how it works is he wasn't their butler from the start. He was like uh, a war veteran who worked with Thomas Wayne before. And then in their will, it kind of like if anything happens to him, he would be the legal guardian of Bruce. So once they die, oh, he took it on himself. Okay, it's up to me. At first, he really didn't want him. He goes, I know nothing about children. And then he kind of goes, what's going to happen to him if I don't take him? Then they just, the yeah. police just say, well, he'll end up in child welfare. So then Alfred decides to take him on to raise him and says, I'll be your butler. But the one thing I was disappointed with, I always thought we are going to see a lot more of Alfred training Bruce and how he was the main source of his training to become Batman. But we really didn't get that a lot in this issue, really at all. We hardly got to see Bruce's training. I mean, there's a few flashbacks with Bruce and Alfred where Alfred tries, like, testing him, seeing if he's ready. Because the whole, throughout the whole issue, Alfred doesn't think he's ready to be Batman yet. But at the end, of course, he does realize that Bruce is ready and that he's there for him. They kind of, I thought there was going to be more of a rift between the two characters. There is some more than we usually see, but it was still got that father-son relationship that Alfred cares about him and looks at him as a son, and Bruce looks to Alfred as a father. And then the whole thing that, I don't know if I'm going to spoil it too much for you, but uh, the whole way the Penguin works in as the overall villain works really good. It's something different. I mean, this is really a twisted Penguin <laughs> who's this evil that you really haven't seen and displayed as too much. Probably even more so than he was in uh, Pain and Prejudice. Yeah, he does some... I, I don't really know how you get more twisted than that. <laughs> yeah, maybe that's more twisted. He's more of just like an evil, sick guy in this one. Just what he does to some people. And then he just... And what happens to him at the end works really good. <laughs> Do you want me to say <laughs> what happens? Yeah, sure. <laughs> okay. Sure. 
I mean, because Bruce or Batman goes to confront him finally about because he still thinks at the time he murdered Thomas' parents. And Bruce comes to confront him, and he gets him pretty good, but then Penguin has an umbrella and stabs him, and he pretty much has Batman at his mercy where he's ready to kill him. But then Alfred comes in, busts the door open. You know how I hate Alfred with guns, but I think this one it was. <laughs> he just pretty much blasts Penguin out the, out the window with a shotgun. <laughs> it, it worked good in this story because him and Bat, Alfred and Batman don't have that close relationship as you would expect them to have yet. They're yeah. getting there. And so I don't think Bruce would have said, well, you can't use guns yet, or it's like a, out of respect to my parents, because Alfred actually encourages Batman to use a gun. He goes, you can't do a war on crime without gun. So I think later on Bruce will probably instill in Alfred that he doesn't want him using guns, but since the relationship's still growing, for yeah, for now it worked. And since he was in the Army, it made sense. So. <laughs> It just it was awesome to see because of what Penguin does in this issue. I mean, it's like you wanted to see him, you wanted to see something bad happen to Penguin, yeah, because he deserved it. Then, so, oh, I was just gonna say the other major change to a character was Harvey Bullock. I mean, he's not the fat detective; he's just like the skinny, like uh, movie star type. Or because they even say he had like he was on a TV show about cops and detectives that solve cases. And that's why he's coming to Gotham to kind of basically just for his own career. But then he sees how twisted it is in this one scene where uh, they go up against a serial killer who's tied to Penguin, and he sees and he falls into this room that's just full of dead bodies of little girls. That's just like, what is this? Like, I can't believe this. What am I? Like, what am I doing here? What is this city? And Batman has this great line. Where he just goes, "It's like you just saw evil, real evil." So, like, kind of like a wake up call to Harvey Dent or Harvey Bullock to what he got into. Yeah. So, so. So I guess I gotta pick it up now Definitely. because you <laughs> see Harvey Bullock is a good-looking movie star. Yeah, when you see the pages and then you see him say, "I'm Harvey Bullock," you're all, "What? That's not Harvey." <laughs> <laughs> like him so, and Commissioner Gordon are part, or he's not Commissioner yet, but him and Gordon are part. Gordon are partners, and they don't like each other from the get-go. It's just funny seeing them work together. <laughs> So, so what would you give it? So, yeah, was, the art was fantastic on it by Gary Franks. Yeah. So, all together, it's almost a complete package. I'm probably going to give it four and a half uh, radiation that doesn't affect anybody. I was a little disappointed because I thought we were going to get more Bruce training with Alfred from the beginning and kind of to build a relationship more on that. But it's really just more in the present where we see him together as Batman and Alfred. I mean, we get a little bit of him as a kid. But not as much as I thought there was going to be. So that was, might be the only disappointing thing I have with it. But, yeah, I definitely think it's worth the wait. <laughs> Five-year wait, whatever it was. <laughs> it's only two, but... Yeah. <laughs> definitely Delay after delay. It's set up for a sequel also, so at the end of who the next big bad guy is going to be. Cool. But here's hopefully well, it's not another two years, though. <laughs> <laughs> So next up is going to be uh, the week of July 11th. We got um, Batgirl 11, Batman and Robin 11, and the big conclusion, Batman 11th, <laughs> which I think we're going to save for last. <laughs> so uh, first up will be Batgirl number 11. What did you think of this one? Overall, I liked it. I thought it was one of the better Batgirl issues that we've gotten. Um yeah, I I like the first couple of pages where Babs fights Nightfall and her group and how she plans out 
and she strategizes how she's going to take out each of them. And, you know, it's it's great to see Babs as a confident person, kind of like Bruce or Dick, rather than the rather than insecure person she's been. And I like how that was referenced later on in the issue when Detective McKenna talks about her husband and how, like uh, Babs, she froze, you know, trying to save her husband. But, um, yeah, but even though I don't like Nightfall and this story, it's growing on me because of how Gail Simone connects McKenna with Nightfall and the Cherise character. It, it was really well executed, and it really doesn't skip a beat when it comes to the story. And I also liked how McKenna is in a one-note character who has some vendetta against Batgirl. Um, there, there's a little more to her that needs to be revealed, and I, I really want to see how she plays into the overall story between her husband and Sharice and this Nightfall character, and how all of that ties together because there is a connection, and we've there certainly was a hint um, that they're all connected. Um, yeah, and, and and then we have the James Jr. part. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not really sure how to feel about it quite yet because I can see where it's going. Like, Alicia is going out with James and Babs has to save Alicia and stop James. I mean, it's it's great to see the character again, but I'm just hoping it's not that. And I hope he's not tied to this Nightfall story. But, yeah. I mean, it kind of seems like he is. Uh, but... Besides that, I really like this issue. Babs finally feels like Babs. And I really want to see more of the Sharice and McKenna story and how that all connects together, like I said. And, of course, the James Jr. story and how that unfolds. Um, The only thing I really, really didn't like was the art. Uh, I just felt that it was was really rushed by um, Adrian Saif. He didn't put a lot of thought into it. He kind of rushed through it. And that cover was kind of terrible. I didn't, I didn't like it, especially like, especially when Babs, you know, Babs is doing that kick and she has her leg all. Did you see her thigh? <laughs> Look at her thigh; it's enormous. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, so I, I, I think it was it was a really big miss for the, the art in this book. So I'm gonna give it a. Uh, a three out of five. I really like this issue. I thought the story was getting better, and you know the series is getting better overall, which really surprises me. Yeah, for me, um, when I first started reading it on the first few pages, it didn't really grab me. I just thought it was a generic. Okay, more villains who who don't think of themselves as villains that are trying to clean up Gotham City yeah. by killing the criminals. Okay, we've seen that before. And like you said, the fighting was cool, but the overall story just seemed too familiar. But once um, we got into once the detective came and helped uh, Barbara out, then she starts telling him the whole backstory is what happened to Cherise and then the whole thing that happened to herself when she went back to the breakout that happened and then her husband was held hostage. And then the story just kind of started to become a lot more interesting to me anyway with these characters than just the overall villains trying to clean up Gotham by killing them. <laughs> Seem to get a lot more deeper at the end. You, you you have to admit that that fight was good in the beginning, right? Yeah, the fight sequence was cool. Just talk about the overall story and like their oh, the script yeah, mission. 
this just felt too familiar. <laughs> and like I said, with James Jr., it was good to see him back again after he wasn't mentioned at all in the last issue. Where in issue number nine, he where he made his first appearance, and he wanted to see what happened with that, but they skipped all over it in the previous one. So it was good to see that they're going back to it. But like you said, what his plan is, we really don't know. But for some reason, I don't think it's going to be tied into Nightfall at all. I think it's setting up probably the next big arc for Batgirl. They're just probably planting the seeds right now for what's going to happen. Yeah, I'm just hoping it has nothing to do with that Nightfall. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it will, but we'll see. <laughs> but then how it ends, since I, I don't really don't read Batwoman, because um, it looks like because it ends with there was a mole. She said, the detective said, there's a mole in your organization. Oh, yeah. Yeah, so I thought that was a pretty interesting way to end the issue. So it's right there is like another interesting twist of the story that just makes you think of how it's all going to play out and tie together. Because that's where, how, what I liked about the issue. It started off as just a generic story of some vigilantes, but then it got a lot more deeper with these revelations that we found out about the detective and now with that woman. So def- yeah. definitely looking forward to the next episode with it. Could you imagine if that didn't happen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been a lot lower than the score I'm going to give it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, did you realize that the Nightfall character looks like a female, um, like a woman version of uh, Azrael? Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. Yeah. <laughs> That's another thing. I still don't like that. It's called Nightfall. Yeah, I mean, when you either. hear Nightfall, you just think of Bane breaking, Bra- breaking Batman's back. I don't think you're going to be thinking of this new villain. Couldn't think of one other name. <laughs> yeah, I know. I mean, come on. Let's call her the Knight or something. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'd give it uh, three out of five. Three out of five radiation. That doesn't affect anybody. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Three out of five radiation levels that don't affect anybody. Speaking of uh, radiation levels, moving on to Batman and Robin number 11. That cover looks like Batman's been exposed to some radiation. (laughs) 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 Red and he has those flames (laughs) fly. But for this whole story arc, I just wish they were flip-flopping votes. The main story of this issue. Because I love the whole Damien fighting all the different Robins, but it's not the main focus of the issue. It's just pretty much like a side story to it. But to me, it's the most interesting part. Because uh, he did it with Tim in the last issue, and then this week he did it with Damien. I mean, with Jason. I thought it was a pretty cool fight sequence, and how Damien's taunting him, and how he has that uh, crowbar laying on his bed. And he tells him, he says something to the effect like, um, when, you think, when you see a crowbar, you think of the time Joker beat with you. But when I think of a crowbar, I think of how I use it to beat the Joker. It's kind of making like he's the better Robin because he got the better. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that that happened then. They're not writing that out. Yeah. No. Yeah. <laughs> and it's still apparently all in, within five years. <laughs> but yeah, this, that stuff's all good. But just the main focus with these villains, Terminus and his group, and how they're pretty much leaving the bat symbol on the markings of people, like burning it into them. No, just. This is a story that's not grabbing me right away anyway. I just wish they were focused more on the Damien versus the Robins. Maybe have it where while Damien's, Damien's out fighting all the different Robins, he's separated from Bruce because Bruce is handling this new villain called Terminus. But that's the side point, just as a reason to get him away from Bruce, and he's off fighting all the different Robins. Yeah, it's it's the same, it's the same deal with Batgirl. Um, there's a villain group. But then there's this other side story 
that you care more about than this actual villain group and their story. Yeah. I thought this I whole mean, arc was going to be called War of the Robins, but like I said, it just seems more of a side thing than the actual main plot of this arc. Yeah, and, and plus, you, I don't get why I don't get why this villain group is doing what they're doing. Yeah, it's all because Batman and Robin did something to the. Physical. I know, but still, that's kind of a cheap con- concept. Yeah, it is. <laughs> I mean, it, it, it's the definition of filler, is 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 what yep. I think it is. But. And even their plan is lame of like burning the bat insignia onto people's chests and just leaving their marks on there. It's like, okay, that's your way of making Batman look bad. <laughs> that's all they're wanting to do is make him look bad, make people think the bat symbol is something that's bad and not good. Yeah, no, but like, people know that Batman didn't put that on yeah, there, exactly. right? Yeah, exactly. So it's the lame plan. <laughs> and then at the end, uh, there's that splash page where all explosions are going off in the building. You see these the bat logo on these buildings that's in flames. Didn't that remind you of the Dark Knight poster where the bat symbols has, is on that crumbling building in flames? It looks like it was taken mm, straight right. from that. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just ends on a, a lame cliffhanger of Terminus showing up and he looks gigantic <laughs> or he, like he's crumbling some rubble. His outfit kind of looks more like Mysterio where it's like a fishbowl or something <laughs> with the bat logo on there. I'm so not into this Terminus storyline and his group. Um, I don't even see... I don't know. The, the story seems kind of implausible, impossible because, I mean, these seem like minor villains yeah, they for are. the most part. I mean, I can understand burning the bat signal on people, but I can't see them blowing up Gotham. Yeah, they should have all these, I guess, ways or connections to get these explosives into the buildings. Yeah, and I, I, I don't know why they would be a threat to Batman and Robin. I don't know. I, I, I just don't see it. I, I wish we got more of, like you said, the War of the Robins. Because I really like that beginning fight yep. between uh, Jason and, and Damien, especially what Damien was saying to Jason. Yeah. I mean, that that's pretty much telling somebody F you. <laughs> pretty much, yeah. <laughs> so I, I wish we got more of that. I wish the story was more focused on that. And I'm just not digging it, to be honest. I don't know about you, Tim, but I'm just not digging it. Yeah, I mean, the only thing that's worthwhile about reading is, like you said, the Robin stuff. I mean, without that, it'd be pretty lame, really. But not quite as bad yeah, as it, 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 it It might be, like, if it didn't have the Robin stuff, it might be, like, the detective story that's going on right now. Maybe not as yeah, bad, but almost down to that level. <laughs> if I were to score it, I'd probably just give it two two out of five radiation levels that don't affect anybody. The two's only for the beginning, really. Yeah, me too. Um, and on the other side of things, I'm getting kind of sick of Gleason's art. I don't know about you. It's not my favorite, but he does, usually in every issue, there's an awesome splash page that he has, but there really wasn't yeah. one in this one. Yeah, he likes to utilize the splash page. Splash. Ah, splash page a lot. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm right there with you. I'm going to give it a two out of the five radiation levels that don't affect us. Now we come to the... Epic conclusion. I mean, we got the Dark Knight Rises coming up. That'll conclude that story. But probably after that, the best Batman story that's been going on is the Court of Owls storyline. I mean, you can't believe it's already up. I mean, it's been pretty much a year since Batman number one. And now it's finally over. And the big question, would it live up to the greatness that was all the previous issues of this story? And for me personally, when I first read it, I felt it was a little anticlimactic where it wasn't the big 
great ending that I think the story deserved. But um, just yesterday, I read all of Scott Snyder's Batman 1 through 11 in one sitting. And after reading all the way through, yeah, I just reaffirmed how great the story is. And I think the ending, this last issue was made a little better when you read it all together. Yeah, I mean, that's what I've been thinking um, for a little bit now. I think this would have read better. I mean, this story is awesome. This story is great. But I I, I think it would have worked better as a graphic novel or trade. And it definitely reads better that way, yeah. Especially, I think, yeah. mainly just for this issue, yeah. Because you've, you've been waiting so long for the ending for a year, and then, you know, like I said, this is a little anticlimactic to how it all wraps up with the final confrontation between Batman and Owlman. I guess we'll refer to him as. <laughs> no, we should refer to him as... Uh, Lincoln March. There you go. Okay. <laughs> or Thomas Wayne or Thomas Wayne Jr. Or and that gets uh, kind of my biggest complaint of the overall story was that it kind of did what I was afraid it was going to do where they didn't commit to him being his brother. They still left it open where we don't know for sure that man yeah, it, it, but he doesn't think he is. So it's like, I just wish they would have went one way or the other with it. If you're going to reveal him, have to be his brother. Then yeah. Kind of leave your leave a way out. Yeah, it reminds me of Doctor Hurt. Yeah, exactly. I was Grant Morrison. I didn't want them to do. <laughs> yeah, and and what I really didn't like was at the end that that tower that Bruce Wayne is building. Uh-huh. Uh huh. It it crumbles, and you're not really sure if Lincoln March survives or not. Yeah, it's the exact same thing with Doctor Hurt when that helicopter helicopter crashed. I know. Uh, I, I just wish it didn't end like that because that's so stereotypical yeah. of a comic to do. And I don't know if if it feels like a a wasted opportunity. Yeah, I agree. I mean, another thing I was a little disappointed with too. I mean, I wanted to wait. I kind of felt this with issue ten, but I wanted to wait to see how issue eleven played out. Was that instead of Batman just fighting Lincoln March as the final, I guess, big bad guy for the story. I still wanted to see Batman take on like the leaders of the of the Court of Owls that have been that tormented him through that in those issues five and six where he was in that maze. Well, you see, it works. It works so perfectly because, like we said last issue, um, it just proves that the the Court of Owls is better than Batman. That they're smarter. Yeah. Because they killed themselves before. No, but that's before. the thing. It was it was made under that Lincoln March killed them. Oh, yeah, that's right. Look at Marshall. Then. But then Batman, even at the end, he kind of says, was this, was either him or Dick, I forget, that uh, maybe Lincoln March was still being played by the Court of Owls, and they made him think that he killed him, but then actually they killed themselves to kind of throw Batman off and just yeah. to deal with Lincoln March, and then they can regroup themselves and, like, prepare for the next attack or something like that, so... That's still yeah. kind of left in the open, but I still wanted to see Bruce. I mean, we saw in issue ten where he got that old lady, which was awesome. But I wanted to see him take down the main leaders of the court and see really who was like the masterminds <laughs> behind it. But um, overall, like the final fight sequence, what did you think of how it played out with pretty much Lincoln March was taking Batman on this visual tour? Yeah, I, a, I wish you wouldn't have talked so much. Yeah, I thought the and same thing. B, I wish Batman would have defended himself a little better. I mean, because for uh, two or four pages, he's just hanging by his, his um, bat grapple. Yep, that's the thing. This supposed to be the like the big climactic fight sequence between the two, and 
Unfortunately, Batman didn't, didn't do anything. All he did was plant a bomb on him and then like, yeah, pull I know. his lenses out in his mess, and that's it. I wanted to see Batman kind of... <laughs> well, to, to be fair, Sam, it was in front of a, an airplane. Yeah, where, it, yeah, but like, even before they were fighting each other, before they, he took him on like that that flight, I guess you could say. <laughs> I wanted to see Batman beat up, I guess, Lincoln March a little bit more, show him who's the better Wayne. Yeah, I w- like I said, I wish he would he would have defended himself a little more. I wish there was a little, a little less talking because, I don't know, it, it just kind of threw me off because, I mean, he was talking about how he saw Gotham reflected off this building and how his vision of Gotham was skewed a little bit or something like that. Yeah. He's basically telling Bruce Wayne, like, relive your life, how I live my life. This is how my life was. Yeah, and, and, and he was saying all that stuff about how he wished his brother would show up, and it just sounded a little too preachy. Yeah, it, it went on a little too long, I would say. Yeah, and like you said in the beginning of this review, Tim, it was just anticlimactic with, you know, the um, first on the jet, I mean, when Batman is holding on in the jet engine, which is pretty impossible. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> and you know when Batman's falling and he does the Catwoman where he he shoots his bat his backdrop into the building and he swings into the building. Uh-huh. That was in Catwoman. Too. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> uh and, and you know the building crumbling and we don't know if uh, Lincoln March or Owl Man or Thomas Wayne Jr. survives. I was just, uh, I expected a little more than that. Yeah, same here. But what I really liked, probably my favorite part of the issue, was uh, the conversation he has with Dick at the end. Oh, yeah, definitely. Kind of, not and, only... And, and how it was, it, it was that Dick saved Bruce. Yeah, that's what I meant. That was probably my favorite part, where yeah. he's actually like, really thank you, know, <laughs> for once. And, and it's so funny reading Nightwing's lines, because he's always like, yeah. uh, I'm going to catch you back for that punch. <laughs> You laid on me. Now I can't hit you anymore. <laughs> yeah, now I can't hit you anymore. Yeah. It was great, like I said, especially when you read it all together, kind of how Bruce yeah. pretty big at the beginning of the story. It made this moment a lot better, seeing how much he appreciates all that Dick's done for him, really. Yeah. And so go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you, for you, what's your thought on uh, Lincoln March? Do you think he really is Bruce's brother or not? No. I. I you, you see it's Scott Snyder. But I don't know what another writer's going to do with him. Yep. Do with uh, Lincoln March. Uh-huh. But I'm going to go ahead and say that he's not. He's just another um, Dr. Hurt. Yeah, I'm right there with you for two reasons. First off, kind of what Dick says, that because um, Bruce doesn't believe it, Dick's all, well, Bruce, if you don't believe he's your brother, then I won't believe it. That's kind of how I feel. If Bruce doesn't believe it, yeah, so and- I won't either. And, and plus two, if if Scott Snyder really wanted to make uh, Lincoln March Bruce Wayne's brother, there would have been some kind of confirmation. Like, um, there, there would have been solid evidence. Not, uh, I looked back at the um, the records for uh, Mercy Hospital, and uh, Thomas Wayne Jr. died. Yeah. And uh, I, I found some found a John Doe who was admitted to that hospital. I think it would have been Thomas Wayne, or not Thomas Wayne, um, Lincoln Marsh is Bruce's brother. Yeah, all the evidence points to to where he's not his brother, like everything that happens, even in the backup issue, where 
Alfred's dad even recalls how they lost the baby after the accident. And how they had like that little memorial from outside Wayne Manor with that tree that they planted for him. So it's like Alfred's father, who was there at the time, kind of, I mean, I guess they could have hid it from him, but it does look like it is something where the Court of Vowels is just making up for Lincoln March and that he really, the other yeah. Wayne child did die after that accident. Yeah, and even that was kind of anticlimactic, the the backup story. Yeah. I mean, it was pretty much like, okay, Jarvis died. So, what, so I mean, do you have any thoughts about that? Uh, I did enjoy the conversation that Bruce and Alfred had at the end. I mean, the kind of, yeah, they both had these like, family revelations. I mean, Alfred just found out his father was involved with the court, and Bruce just was the whole thing with Lincoln March. So it's kind of neat to see him talking about that. But, um, yeah, like you said, too, it was a little anticlimactic. I think, well, we kind of knew Jarvis was going to die anyway, <laughs> just by the way his letter was being written, and we saw the previous yeah. issues that Talon chasing him. So, But <laughs> the thing it, I get out of this backup was, for me anyway, confirmation that, uh, like I said before, Lincoln March was not Bruce's brother. Yeah. I mean, the, this wasn't a bad issue by any stretch. Oh, yeah. This was an awesome. But it felt more like this issue more than any that we've seen previously. kind of lingers. It's not so much, you know, fast-paced. It kind of lingers in the area. Especially in the beginning, yeah. Then, I was that. Yeah, yeah. And then, you know, that entire conversation with Dick in the back, I mean, in the uh, in Wayne Manor, kind of lingers there. You know, it, it it works to good effect, especially in this book where it's kind of a wrap up. And um, yeah, I, this wasn't a bad issue by any stretch. I I love this issue, and I'm probably going to give it a four and a half. Yeah, a four and a half um, radiation levels that don't affect us out of five. Yeah, actually, I wanted us to give two scores on this. First, the overall issue, and then the whole Court of Owls storyline, like how would we rate it? So for me, issue number 11, I would give it a four. Four radiation levels that don't affect anybody out of five. Yeah. It was a little anticlimactic, and I just wish they would have given us a definitive answer so Lincoln March really is Bruce's brother or not, instead of having the mystery go on for a while. Yeah, and the only reason why I gave it a little more was because uh, Capullo's art. Yeah. It was a- I mean, if you love Capullo, this is going to be an absolute artistic treat for you because Batman's all over the place. He's in a bit. He goes through walls. He's up in the up in the air, hanging onto a jet engine. I mean, this is an absolute treat for Greg Capullo fans. <laughs> so, so now um, for the overall Court of Owls story, what would you give it? Damn you, Tim. <laughs> I'll, I'll go to give mine first. I'm going to give it a four and a half yeah. out of five overall. This, I mean, it started out, the whole story is awesome. I think it's one of the best Batman stories to come out in a long time. I think it will go down as one of the better Batman stories in his, in his history when it's all said and done. It just just felt off, fell off a little bit at the end. Just a little anticlimactic with this issue and then not getting solid confirmation as to Lincoln March's claims as Thomas Wayne Jr. And then for me personally, I would like to see Bruce at the end take on the main leaders of the court instead of them being murdered or maybe killing themselves by Lincoln March at the end. So four and a half, just almost a perfect story, but just fell a little bit off at the end for me. Yeah, I'm probably going to go with you, Tim. Just because it was stretched over 11 issues, and and it was a crossover, and I'm not sure it needed either. It didn't definitely didn't need the crossovers, because when I read the, yeah. all the issues through, you really did. I really didn't feel like I was missing anything with the talent crossovers, except maybe for the Nightwing stuff. But other than that, it flows perfectly just issue by issue one to eleven. 
Yeah, and I felt like it could have been a little more condensed, uh, meaning it didn't need 11 issues, mm-hmm. but it, it, it was great nonetheless. I mean, it was a great ride. And the only thing different I can say is that I don't, I didn't like how, you know, in the beginning we were, it, it, it seemed like Scott Snyder was drip feeding us okay. uh, information uh-huh. and story. Didn't really like that. Thought that was, that, that was kind of unnecessary. But it, like I said, it was a great ride. This is, and and, and like you said, this is going to be um, one of the iconic storylines of Batman's history. And I, I was just impressed. I, I didn't think Scott Snyder could do a huge crossover uh, event or whatever like this. So yeah, I'm I'm going to give this a four and a half out of five. Uh, radiation levels that don't affect us. Yeah, it's kind of like, if you're looking at it for me, like, a, in a movie sense, we get, like, a first great movie, but then now what we've seen from his next art, it looks like we're going to get a sequel that's going to be even better than the original. That's kind of what I feel going into the new Joker story. So, I think the best from Scott yeah. Snyder is yet to come with the Joker story coming up. You know what really sucks? If it sucks. <laughs> 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 they, it's absolutely terrible. It, it, it's akin to... Um, uh, Finch's Dark Knight before Horowitz hits the book. So, yeah, but he didn't have a track record. Scott Snyder has a track record. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so it's pretty pretty hit and miss two weeks then. Pretty much, yeah. <laughs> I mean, really, out of all, besides Batman number 11, Batman Earth 1, um, I think it was, everything else was pretty much mediocre, really. And, of course, the really bad one was Detective, but wasn't the best two weeks of Batman comics. <laughs> yeah, that's true. <laughs> All right, so is there anything else you want to talk about? Anything else you want to talk about the Dark Knight Rises or uh, Snyder story, Joker story? Just the only thing is I think for the month of July, it's, it's going to be like the best month for Batman in a long time. Because if you think about it, the first week we got Batman Earth 1, which I thought was great. This week we had the conclusion of the Court of Owls story, which may have been a little anticlimactic, but still overall really great. And the next week we get the conclusion of the Dark Knight trilogy, which from all indications looks like it's going to be awesome as well. So it's like we're getting three great Batman stories in the month of July each week. So, I mean, what better way to close it out than with the Dark Knight Rises? So I think it's like the best month to be a Batman fan is this month of July 2012. It's just been awesome. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, I, I've said this a million times, but... It's going to be a long week. <laughs> uh, anyways. Well, so with that, I guess that's going to do it for us this week. Um, don't forget you can check out our host site, The Batman Universe, at www.thebatmanuniverse.net. And you can find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash thebatmanuniverse, or on Twitter, which the Twitter handle is at batmanuniverse. And also, too, we're, our podcast is on iTunes, as well as all the other great Batman Universe podcasts. So go ahead and go over there. You can Leave a comment, rate us, review us, tell us what you think. It'd be much appreciated. And they just did uh, the the regular Batman Universe podcast. Did a podcast with so Kyle Higgins, so w- where he talks about um, the Dark Knight Rises. So yeah, definitely check that one out. It was pretty cool. And then also, um, you can help support our fellow Batman Universe staff member Stella. Uh, she has a petition to try to get the Batgirl Year One animated movie back into production, and we have to correct ourselves. As previously we mentioned, it was for the comic book story of Batgirl Year One, but in actuality, it's the Batman Year One animated movie. 
which I would love to see back into production too, because I think that'd be awesome. <laughs> you can go ahead and sign that petition at www.gopetition.com slash petitions slash backgirl dash year dash one dot html. Then, as usual, our outro music is going to be Beautiful End by our friend Spangler. You can find them on Facebook, and their Facebook address is facebook.com slash band. So, I guess that's it for me. My name is Tim. See you later, everybody. I'm Dane. Uh, next time we'll see you is after we've seen that movie, and hopefully you've seen it too. So, yep. <laughs> uh, we'll see you guys later. I can still miss her skin on my... Well, there's a secret I'll take